0: Oh, oh, it's Common Sense, Stranger, The popple Podcast.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to Common Sense. We're your hosts, Ryan and Pearson. Thank you for joining us today. This is episode number two. <laughs> We're going to dish out some Spicy cards for you to look into. Uh, go over today's league results as well as our own local game store's tournament results from last night. I want to say congratulations to General Scud for 5 ing in our recommended deck archetype, Mono White Heroic.
0: From last week's episode? Yes. So let's get into this week's recommended deck. The deck of the week is Mono Green Stompy.
1: Mono Green
0: because it does have the speed and capacity to outrace many of the meta decks you may see in play. Would you agree with that, or would you say Burn or something else, Pearson?
1: I would say that Affinity might be a little bit safer than playing Mono Green stompy, but I'm not entirely sure. I think...
0: Well, we just had um, our uh, first Taka Disco Comic Store posted league results for a paper event. Um, And Paper Popper versus Online Magic is quite a different experience because you can be... I think it would be a little bit more nerve-wracking in person versus over a computer where you're safely behind... Your keyboard, and you could be sitting there naked. I uh, mean, <laughs> if you wanted to be, and no one would know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> no one has it. The top deck of that league is Stompy. Stompy beat out Affinity, um, so it is possible. Hmm. And uh, another deck, fourth place, the second third place spot for that event was Affinity. So Affinity is a is a safe bet in paper, online. It's looking like you need to be playing either playing the top 3 or finding something that's going to take those out. I mean, you could go mono black land destruction and uh run some artifact hate and some grave hate. But if you came across something tribal, then that could be that could be problematic like goblins is 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 out there now. Uh, elves is, st- is still pretty viable although it's it's now only about 4% of the meta. Yeah,
1: cuz of like trickery and just, I don't know, a bunch of other cards can wipe out all
0: those draws. So this week, yeah, we're I'm recommending Mono Green Stompy. You're going with Affinity. You can't go wrong playing those decks. But with those decks, you got to look out for massive life gain. Um, you need to have an answer for that, or a way around it. Uh, I, You could go rogue and do some, like, Infect creatures or uh, effects. Tainted Strike would be a nice, spicy addition to uh, decks, As long as you got Arkham's Astrolabe.
1: You got any color you want, or need.
0: And it's only sure. one black. It gives your creature plus one, plus zero, instant speed, and and Infect. That is one of my spicy cards of the week. Um, what's your spicy card of the week, by the way, Pearson? Let's get that out of the way.
1: My spicy card of the week is going to be Natural State, because that would have helped me a lot last night when I went up against the Orzhov Pestilence deck. I couldn't destroy, uh, his Circle of Red, or Circle of Protection Red, after he sideboarded that in second game. So... If I had put an Arkham's Astrolabe, I had plenty of Snow Mountain, so I could have played that. Um, and then Natural State in my sideboard, I could have sideboarded that in, and potentially won by getting through his Circle of Protections.
0: Or his Pestilence.
1: Yeah, he didn't get me with that, obviously, because I was playing Burn. But yeah.
0: So I have uh, one more spicy addition for this week: Curse of Chains. It's one and a blue or white. It's an enchantment aura that enchants creature. At the beginning of each un- upkeep, tap enchanted creature. So that, and it's a blue-white card, which would have been great up against him. Uh, the Pestilence deck, I played also against the Pestilence deck and had no answer for Guardian of the Guild Pact, which my opponent would get on board by playing a Duress or Castigate to make sure the coast is clear. I was playing Scred. Uh, but we'll get into our experience about that later after we finish going over today's league results. So, you wanted to talk about this uh, weird Boros list, the Snow Mardu Monarch, as they are calling it this week, by G. Bizzo.
1: Yep, we're looking at G. Bizzo's build here. It runs four Glint Hawks, four Thraven Inspectors, four Core s- Skyfisher, three Palace Sentinels, one Okiba Gang Shinobi...
0: Obi-Wan.
1: Four Galvanic Blast, four Lightning Bolt, two Prismatic Strands. Mainboarding, two Relic of Progenitus, which is very interesting. Yeah,
0: think. that's obviously there for Tron, because that's a bad matchup for Boros, so why? might as well start off mainboarding what you're bad against, because that makes everything real spicy and fun. Nobody expects to see a Relic mainboard. Mm-hmm. Um, they got the uh, one Alchemist vial. For and then the, the, the standard 4 acres, Akram's Astro Glide, and Prophetic <laughs> Prism. They got two Journey to Nowhere and one Oblivion Ring for maybe Pestilence. Uh, and does this deck have an answer for Guardian of the Guild Pact? No. It doesn't appear to, in, in, except for in the form of maybe Okiba, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, Shinobi. <laughs> Kenobi, whatever. Mm. The land package is two Ancient Den, so they're still running some uh and one great furnace for the artifact land they got two bounce lands for the boros garrison no black there so they're not really running mardu and the only mardu effect is the two bajuka bog which again is graveyard hate and is great right now because there's a lot of decks especially the top tier decks which oh, the top two is being scred and in this in this jeskai scred deck that i played last night was the top tier uh, number one uh, deck for metagame this week and it relies heavily on on recursion, um, archaeomancer, Ephemerate, and get whatever you need so you can burn your opponent out um, outvalue them, counter them, get them looped out so they can't do anything and then wipe them out and sometimes it goes long if you're going to... I mean I went on an extremely long match with a Delver deck, but we'll again Going off subject. Let's talk about the side. Oh, the rest of the deck. Um, land package is two radiant fountain for life game to stay ahead of burn and things like that. With a Boros Garrison, that's not a bad idea. And then they've got six mountain, snow covered, and Snick's Snix, snow covered plains. Man, <laughs> tell them what the sideboard's got in it.
1: It's got two Crark Clan Shaman, three Pyroblast, two Red Elemental Blast, one Ancient Grudge. Three lone missionary, one standard bearer, one aura fracture, one prismatic strands, one reaping the graves.
0: So their answer to a guardian would only be maybe in the form of prismatic strands, or, or just out classing them with lots of life gain, one missionary, and bouncing with the hawks and the well, the hawk wouldn't get the one missionary, but the core skyfisher could. Uh, if only. Well, anyway, that's an interesting build. We we can go over Boris a lot more in the future, but let's move on to the next spicy brew that you saw in this week's or today's uh, league results.
1: Yep. Sure. All right. So this one's a Demir deck, and it's called UB by Aunt Intellectual. So cool username. All right. So it's got four disfigures, one dispel, four innocent blood four Preordain, three Chainer's Addict, four Counterspell, two Doomblade, one Prohibit, two Think Twice, two Crip Incursion, which is an interesting one, two Recoil, two evancar's Justice, two Mystical Teachings, three Pristine Talisman, uh, one Deadweight, two Curse of the Bloody Tome, for lands we got two demure Aqueduct, two demure Gilgate, four but, Dismal Backwater, seven Islands, two Radiant Fountain, four Swamps, and sideboard, Ryan, why don't
0: you read that? Well, let's talk about what this deck does real quick. Sure. So, <laughs> this is basically a Blue Black Teachings deck. Um, it's got the classic Blue Black Teachings package of a lot of different answers. It's a toolkit. It's mainboard and Graveyard Hate, which is art. I, I'm surprised to not see Bajuka Bog in the land package. Yeah. Um... I like that there's Evan Kar's Justice going on and Recoil. Recoil that yeah. is one of my favorite blue-black cards. Um, Curse of the Bloody Tone here is interesting. It doesn't seem to be a main plan, just more of a, hey, let me go ahead and get rid of some spells, and, and then we'll go ahead and delete your graveyard. So, yeah,
1: and then the Crypt Incursion gain three for each creature.
0: There's literally no creatures in this deck, so our it looks like the win con is to mill it out. Uh, yeah, just kill creatures and mill out, and gut there's no life gain really either.
1: Well, no, there is for Crypt Incursion Exiles. and the Pristine Talisman. Right. Okay.
0: Well, that's not and bad. And Also,
1: Radiant Fountain.
0: Yeah, that's in the land package. That's not a bad plan. Okay, their sideboard has four blue Elemental Blasts for burn, obviously, two to spell for control matchups and whatnot, one to rest. Obviously, for just multiple uses, yeah, four and a hill spell bomb, just in case they are actually going to get something they need to hate on the graveyard, especially for one doom blade, one ashes to ashes, I love that card also, one siphon life, and one Evan Carr's justice, just in case two ain't enough to get it there, obviously that would be another that's the other win con is Evan Carr's justice because that's a buyback card, yeah. Yeah, it's two oh, two man. black buyback three. It's an old favorite of mine from I think it was originally printed in Tempest. I'm pretty sure, if not Stronghold. But it's one of those two. Those were like my come. Those were my two like come up sets where I like actually started playing Magic. Like I first started playing Magic, I got an Ice Age pack, but then I just kind of I played a little bit and then I got some core set, but they didn't call it that at the time. I'm going off on a tangent again. Let's <laughs> move on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I really like the looks of this deck. Um, I'd be interested in building it myself and playing it out, just kind of for fun. Alright, so,
0: so tell us about uh, your experience at the game store last night, Pearson.
1: Alright, last night I played the Burn deck that was from the 731 Popper League results. It was made by a user called Screw You, a pilot called Screw You. <laughs> and it was um, a slight variation on their deck. I did minus one Curse of the Pierced Heart, and I took out a Fire Blast, and instead I put in one Firebrand Archer and one Flame Rift, and the sideboard was a little bit different as well.
0: It had three Martyr of Ashes instead of one Martyr of Ashes and two Incinerate.
1: Um, the Martyr of Ashes really saved... Me and the Black Aggro matchup.
0: The first game of the night for you, Yeah,
1: the the first game of the night was me versus Black Aggro, and he had Vampire Lacerator, Carniphage, some other vampires. That helped me, you know, wipe them all out. They were like 1-2 and 2-2s. So that was my first matchup. I took that win 2-1. Second matchup was against the Orzhov Pestilence. It was brutal. They had Circle of Protection Red. So, by game two, because I I got game one, I don't know how. I guess I just kept getting good draws. I think I had a Thermo Alchemist turn two and was able to just keep getting him. But uh, game two, he sideboarded it in the Circle of Protection Red. Plus, he had Pristine Talisman mainboarded in there. So... For that one, uh, if I were to change anything, I would have sideboarded in a gut shot, maybe, to quicken things up for me and to trigger off some needle drops and um, skewer the critics and stuff because I found that that was an issue for me. I, I wasn't able to trigger those or get the initial damage in there to be able to use those cards.
0: That's a really good, actually, that's a really good idea for Burn. Burn used to run four Gataxian Probe just to do, uh, just to get the card draw. And yeah, see the hand to make sure they're kind of clear to just go off. But you're on to something there because yeah, free ping for one, you didn't actually have to spend any mana for it. And you're generally not going to be losing life like you, unless you're in a mirror. You're going to be losing much life, if any, at all, especially with siren Blaze in there, four copies of it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, and also, he was able to get rid of my Thermo Alchemist, so once that was gone, it was sometimes an issue. Also, would have maybe thought about putting in some Arkham's Astrolabe so I could play Natural State and get rid of his Circle of Protection Red. Uh, that would have maybe changed the game. Who knows? It and worked. then...
0: Let's talk about that for a minute, because if you're going to put four copies of Arkham's Astrolabe in a burn deck, that's really going to go, you're going to backpedal away from what you're trying to do, burn your opponent. We want to do that as quickly and as efficiently as we can. And while Arkham's Astrolabe replaces itself, it's not necessarily a good, it doesn't feel good to me, because you may or may not see an Arkham's Astrolabe in a whole game of Magic. If you only have four copies and you have no other color filters the chances are that you could end up holding on to natural state the entire game and not actually getting to cast it
1: or vice versa you could have arkham's astrolabes, and not never come across natural state so we paused did a little bit of research and found um an alternative which we were both kind of thinking more so of getting rid of the enchantment. But Flaring Pain, which costs 2, 1 in red, it's an instant damage can't be prevented this turn, with a flashback cost of 1. So that's awesome. That would definitely be the solution over Arkham's Astrolabe and natural state, as Ryan was saying. You know, that would... You may never hit full natural state, the Arkham's Astrolabe would slow down the whole burn deck, and so yeah, Flaring Pain would definitely be the solution there. Game three was a mirror match. I ended up losing that mirror match, unfortunately, but it was just neck and neck in a race to see who could burn each other. Chain Lightning screwed me over, he had two untapped mountains almost every time whenever I would have played a Chain Lightning, and just, yep, just got burned first. Alrighty, what about you?
0: Well, last night I took to the game store the number one meta deck on Goldfish. Uh, it's a Jeskai spread deck. The deck runs two copies of Lightning Bolt, three Preordain, two Seeker of the Way, two Ephemerate, two Archaeomancer, Three Drifter, four Core Skyfisher, four a playset of Counterspell, Arkham's Astrolabe, Scred. Uh, it has two Ponder, two Brainstorm, two Mister Fomora for digging. Lots of digging we do in this deck. It is very, it can be very beatdown and very grindy and controlling, obviously. It runs a single copy of Remove Soul, Flame Slash, and my favorite, Custodi Squire. So then we can just pull dead creatures back out and then get the ephemerate if we played it correctly and didn't let it stay in exile while skipping the upkeep. Sometimes it can be tricky if you're a newer player or older player. That uh, just upkeep is always kind of. An issue to keep up with. What do you do to keep up with the upkeep, Pearson? In case you don't, you know, you don't want to skip your upkeep. When you're playing a Rift Bolt, for instance, what did you do to hold that down and not mess that up?
1: Put a dice over my library.
0: Yeah, that trick works real, really, really good.
1: yeah because then I'm like picking it up before I draw, and I'm like, right, okay, <laughs> Rift Bolt at your base or whatever.
0: All right, so we got in the land package. It's running. Four Ash Barrens, two Terramorphic Expanse, two Snow-Covered Plains, it's got two Snow-Covered Mountains, and nine Snow-Covered Islands. So, game one, I went up against Burn. That was a intense match for me, because me and Pearson pre-gamed before going to the local game store, and lo and behold, I was getting burned to death. We played three starter games. We didn't sideboard against each other. We figured we might as well just get our start game like as fresh as it can be like against each other because it was a pretty rough matchup for us. Luckily, I was able to get a Seeker of the Way on board early game. He burned that one off, and I drew into a second one because there's so much digging going on. I found my other one, and I put that into play, and he was a little... He was top-decking at that point, and I just I started flipping the, turning the tables, and it was, it was a done game, and game two went very similar, and it was just quick and efficient, and so then moving on, I went to game two against, um, the Blue Red Delver list. I thought it was a mirror match, but it ended up being the Delver Fairies Ninja of the Deep Hours version of Scred, um... And I just made sure to take care of his Delver. He only had three copies in there. But uh, he didn't seem to have too many answers. He was running a little light on his... Ex- he did have spell stutters, but not. I think he only ran like two. So it was a weird matchup. And it, took, it was a very long and grindy game. But uh, I ended up just burning off all his Delvers. And then we went to game two with ten minutes left on the clock. And by the time we got done... Sideboarding and mulliganing, we had about six minutes of gameplay before it went to the game, or to time, and then we timed out, and I won that match 1-0. Oh, So game three, I went up against the Pestilence um, control list that the one Pearson went up against, and this is um, an Orzhov-only deck. It's running a lot of Kabir Crossroads, and... Uh,
1: Castigate.
0: Pristine Talisman. And guardian of the guild pack, which my pack here has no answers for, I go to my sideboard and I have. And he he out, he uh, was running control, and I just didn't realize it. I was run. I should have been playing beatdown, but I figured I had long game on my side until he pulled out the guardian of the guild pack, and I realized there was no answer to that after it was in play on board, which he did by duressing me. I didn't have an answer for his Guardian of the Guild Pack, and had actually or it was early on, and I was playing him with Mystic Remora, and just tapped out trying to keep pay that upkeep. I had him in play for about three or four turns because I wasn't sure what he was going to do on game one. So I scooped after about 15 minutes of game one because I realized, yeah, there's nothing in this deck. So I went to my sideboard. I have Oblivion Ring, Relic of Progenitus, two t- two copies of. Weather the Storm, two copies of that, I've got Swirling Sandstorm, two copies of electricry. I've got three Pyroblast, two, I'm sorry, four Pyroblast, and two Hydroblast. So, him not playing blue or red, took a large chunk out of my sideboard hate there, uh, or sideboard options. I'm sorry. I have three Hydroblasts in the in the sideboard. So I grabbed Weather the Storm. I grabbed Oblivion Ring for the Pestilence, and I didn't know if he was bringing anything in. I knew Swirling Sandstorm wasn't an answer for guarding the Guild Pack, and I didn't see him really using anything out of his graveyard. But included a Relic of Progenitus in case he was running Chainers of Edict. Or chainers Edict, my bad. <laughs> Anywho, so
1: fancy.
0: game two was a lot grinder. He had a, all of his duress and castigates in there. I think he ran two plays uh, play out of each.
1: Probably. And he
0: drew into them and he just protected his creature very well and made sure. he. I had my counter spell, I would hold on to it for as the answer, and then he'd play castigate. And at that point, I was like, well, I can either tap that or I can hold mana in case, like. He plays something I can scred or, or lightning bolt. Because countering it then I don't have an answer for his Guardian of the Guild pack doesn't feel good. But knew that that was what he was gonna go for. I should have just countered it and hoped that he and bluffed him. Uh, that game was actually pretty I was going pretty well at first. I, I had my Core Skyfishers fishers in play. I was going I was on the beatdown, I was and I got him whittled down there. But then he brought out his Pristine Talisman, and then he got rid of, of course, Skyfisher, and then Pestilence got into play, and it was game. So that's how that went. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, there was nothing really in my, my deck that really could handle that. But if I had to rebuild this deck, I'd include a couple copies of Curse of Chains in there somewhere. Yeah. So... Uh, that's pretty much all we got for talking about the decks and meta and all that stuff but I just wanted to talk a little bit about for those of you who might have a local game store that hosts popper events and maybe that local game store is three or four hours away and your actual local game store doesn't hold or hold any popper events perhaps I know it might sound dumb, but go and inquire if there's anything about it. Just, I mean, just ask like you like you don't know if you do already know. Go and ask whoever's working the counter one day. Say, hey, what's when's the next popper event? Oh, well, we don't have a popper event. Really? Does anybody show up and just play casually at any point in time during the week? Oh, uh, there's a couple people that show up, you know, like Tuesday at like 7 o'clock, I think. But I think they're gone now. I haven't seen them in a couple weeks. Oh, well, cool. So then do a little networking with your shop buddies and start getting a a flame going and fan those flames. Buy that card from uh, the Days of Stronghold, I believe. I love that card. Just because it was a card I played a lot when I was younger. Anyway, you could... Maybe get your friends and stuff going there every week at a certain time. You pick the time. Maybe you're lucky enough to be the first person to just say, just start telling everybody, hey, there's Popper at the shop at Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. Or, you know, you might want to go a little earlier, but get it in there where people can go home off after working 9 to 5, take a shower, and then get their deck and come to play. You know, so six thirty, 7, 7.30 is a good time frame. For a weekday event. Or you could just show up to your Friday night event. And ask whether the popper. sec. You know you want to sign up for a Friday night popper. And if. You and a bunch of people do this. They will if they get over eight people. They will not turn your money down. They will have you play to play. And then. It's already a sanctioned event now. Or it's a sanctioned format. As the unification. Has opened new doors for us. Um, I've been knocking on those doors for the last year now, and I actually did something similar. I and another thing you should also do is uh, if once you get a pretty steady crowd coming in at week to week, maybe not every week they the tournament fires. Maybe there's only five players and you can't really hold an uh, even sanctioned event. So then you guys just play casually and you show up next week and you tell you have a good time. But you get the wheel turning, and eventually it'll it'll grow, it'll snowball, and you'll have people from all over driving to, to your local game store to play popper with you. And one key thing I did was ask the shop, you know, after a couple months of it going on, I asked them to if they could just please advertise the time and and day of the week that we do popper because. We'd have this sanctioned tournaments once in a while. Well, it wasn't sanctioned. It was a sanctioned as a casual event. But through that casual event, I did receive a Planeswalker point each time before we were a legitimate sanctioned format. Anyway, enough about that blurb. I just wanted to throw that out there for you guys and hopefully inspire someone maybe in the middle of the country, like somewhere like Iowa,
1: who's,
0: who's got a nice game store down the road. And... Knows plenty of people that play Popper, but for some reason the shop just doesn't host events. You guys gotta make it happen. Anyway, uh, we have a Patreon. Would you like to tell the folks at home a little bit more about that, Pearson?
1: We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash Really appreciate it if you consider donating any amount to it. Our first donation uh, of $20... Will get a custom zombie, a custom painted zombie token.
0: Full art, people. There's no borders Full on this art. one.
1: And you can see the photo of that on Patreon if you're interested. And we have different tiers. Uh, we're a little bit new to Patreon, but we really, really appreciate any sort of support, any sort of help that you can give us. It's what will help us keep going and
0: make we'll... the content even better. Exactly. Join in. Be part of the community. Thanks. And don't forget, stranger, to hit that like, subscribe, share button, comment down below. Let us know what you'd like to hear us talk about. <laughs> Come back any time.
1: Thanks for listening tonight, again, on Common Sense, the Popper Podcast. We're your hosts, Pearson
0: and Ryan, and we'll see you in a week.
1: We'll talk to you in a week, rather. Yes. Goodbye, wizards.